Hello everyone and thanks for tuning in to the Latter-day Saints in Action podcast. Our introduction music comes from a song by Derek Clegg called A Strong Will is Needed from the Free Music Archives. I'm your host Matt Gardner. Now on with the show. Hello and thank you for joining me today. Welcome to season four. I'm really excited for what we have in store this season. I also can't get enough of this book that we're reading for book club called How to Change by Katie Milkman. Katie Milkman also has a podcast that is fantastic. If you want to just listen to that, a lot of the same stuff is in the podcast that's in the book. And it's just, yeah, she, she just goes over some great stuff. Today is January 8th, and we start this season the same way we started season two, with the attack on the Capitol on our minds. It's sobering to start out the season this way, but it is something that's been on my mind. I remember watching the news as protesters stormed the Capitol, and I remember the feeling most of us felt dread, worry, anxious feelings of uh, what happens next. I wasn't there, though. So for today's podcast, I am going to borrow a remembrance from a member of Congress from New Jersey who was there. His name is Andy Kim, and the following are his words. A year later, the most vivid memory I have of January 6th is the moment I returned to the House chamber after the riot had been quelled. I stepped over broken glass to get into the chamber. What ensued over the next hour was the most powerful experience of my career. People spoke with hushed whispers. We touched each other's shoulders gently, with comfort, as if it was at a funeral. Everyone still in a daze, swimming in uncertainty of the uncharted moment. I took a seat along the center aisle as the speeches began. I glanced around the room. This is the room where our nation united during some of our darkest moments, where FDR gave his Pearl Harbor Day of Infamy speech where leaders gathered after 9-11 to show resolve and unity, where decisions of war and peace were made. Could it happen again? Would we finally unite? For a brief moment, I thought what happened would be a shock to the system, like a defibrillator pulling our country back into rhythm. The speeches were raw, talking about the need to pull together. But then something changed. When speeches switched back to electoral college debate, I felt something change in the room. I watched people pull out the same speech about election fraud they were going to give before, as if the riot never happened. The prospect of unity lasted only 35 minutes and 53 seconds. That was when I knew this would not be the unifying moment we needed. Shock of January 6th was not enough to shatter the big lie. Many ask me if my colleagues who spout the big lie believe what they say. At that moment, I knew for certain they did. They believed every single word. I started to walk out of the house chamber in disgust. While the riot damaged our capital, I felt that the scene I just witnessed would ultimately do more harm. The lasting damage of January 6th was not the roaring riot, but the selfish silence and purposeful amnesia afterwards. I walked out of the center doors of the House chamber, the same doors that presidents walk through to give the State of the Union. Just hours earlier, they had been smashed and barricaded with guns drawn. Again, guns were drawn on the House floor. As I walked the halls away from the chamber, 
I kept thinking maybe our nation lost its ability to be shocked. After a pandemic and now January 6th, could something actually shock us to the point where we rediscover our shared identity and common good like our nation has in the past? Then I entered the rotunda to see that room, the most beautiful room in the most beautiful building in America, desecrated. Broke my heart. I got on my knees and started to pick up. As I picked up debris, I wandered down a side hall and saw something. I saw a plaque. Beneath this tablet, the cornerstone was laid by George Washington. I stood there, carrying a bag of torn flags and broken glass, reminded that this building is bigger than all of us. I realized at that moment that I am but a mere caretaker of this building. This realization of being a caretaker fundamentally changed the way I see my job, changed how I see the responsibility of being a citizen. Our democracy was handed to us, and on our watch, we must do our best to preserve it and then pass it off to those that follow. I've been fixated on a singular question. How do we heal this country? What does it even mean to heal? I spent a year searching for the answer and came to see that it was right above me, painted at the center of the ceiling of the Capitol Dome. To heal is e pluribus unum. E pluribus unum, out of many one. This phrase expresses our nation's goal but doesn't tell us how. What makes the many become one? Unity doesn't just happen on its own. This motto is thought to have been adapted by our founding fathers from a Roman named Cicero over 2,000 years ago. Cicero also lived in tumultuous times. In one election, the loser and supporters stormed the Roman capital during the ceremonial counting of ballots and disrupted the vote counting. Assembled voters fled in terror before the election could conclude. Cicero learns from political division and teaches, when each person loves the other as much as himself, it makes one out of many. The missing verb in e pluribus unum is to love. The way to show our love for each other is through acts of service. Healing begins with service. It's not too late to unite this country. I was wrong to think unity needed a shock to the system to catalyze. We don't need a shock. We need service. Today we remember a year ago, but I propose that going forward, we make January 6th a day of common good, a day of e pluribus unum. That we use January 6th to renew our understanding and appreciation for our democracy. The goal is not to reset the clock to January 5th, but instead to understand clearly the job in front of us. Our job is to be caretakers. Our job is to heal this country and hand it off to our successors. Thank you for taking the time to listen to another episode of the Latter-day Saints in Action podcast. Latter-day Saints in Action is a 501c3 education nonprofit. You can find out more about us at our website, latterdaysaintsinaction.org. If you like what you hear, please rate us on Apple Podcasts to help us reach more people. And thank you. So open your heart, you never gave it a chance.